What's up? Welcome back to Top Shelf with Devin Harris, sponsored by Hennessy. Today on the show, we're going to have the Australian sensation, Dante Exum, having a big impact on Dallas this year. So excited to learn about his history and, and why Dallas fits for him. I would like to welcome Dante Exum to Top Shelf with Devin Harris, brought to you by Hennessy. Uh, big fan of what you've been doing this year. Um, we're kind of going to start here and work our way back. So kind of walk me through your basketball journey. Oh, man. My. From from early on until to this point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Man, it's been, a, it's been a long journey. I think uh, my I'll start with my, my dad, kind of how I ended up in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, both my parents are from North Carolina. Um, he played college ball at uh, North Carolina, um, 80 to 84. So he was on that uh, championship team. Um, he had a lot of injuries um, coming out of college. Um, ended up playing a, a year in Sweden, um, okay. somewhere far up north, far up north. Um, him and my mom, uh, they met at college actually. Um, and they moved to, to Sweden, somewhere far up north, and it was too cold. They hated it. So they had actually a decision. Um, he was getting offers from Australia and Japan, actually in Okinawa, where we played the World Cup this past summer. But um, so they thought Australia would be it's English speaking, um, other side of the world, but still um, seemed like a decent spot. Um, and that's how they ended up in Australia. Um, loved it. Um, my dad played um, the rest of his career there. Um, and I, I was born. I had a, I have an older brother and I'm a, a twin with my sister. Um, and then. From there, I mean, it was always, basketball was always the thing that I was going to do. Um, obviously, growing up, I, I played Australian rules football, like played cricket at school, um, loved playing other sports. But I think ultimately it always came back to, you know, playing basketball. And that's that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then when I was 15, I got the opportunity to, to move to Canberra. So I was from Melbourne mm -hmm. and I moved to Canberra um, and I went to the Australian Institute of Sport. So a lot of people don't really know kind of, how that works in Australia. It's a bit different, but um, it's kind of like an academy in a sense, but um, depending on the sports program, it's um, pretty much for future Olympians. Um, that's the idea of it. Um, so I went like there. IMG here? Yeah, yeah, a in bit. a sense, in okay. a sense, but it's just the best in the country. Right. Um, so de depending on the sport, like basketball is always young. It's all about development. Mm -hmm. um, the soccer was... Um, track and field to bring people in so it just depends on the sport swimming had kind of out of school um, athletes okay. um, so I went there at 15 I was the youngest at the time and everyone else was like I think anywhere from up to 20 mm -hmm. um, like right before they would go over to college or enter the NBL the professional league over there um, so I spent the next four years there which was just purely about development about um, training uh, we would get up with mostly training twice a day, mm -hmm. um, living on campus, shots whenever I needed and getting nutrition, everything right. Um, and then that's when I kind of started. I was always playing um, like uh, the national team, um, the juniors national team, and that's kind of where I got my first like look at. Um, I would play under 17s and I had a really good tournament, really good tournament. I was, I was, that was my age group and um, I was in the All-Star Five, um, which kind of put me on the map a little bit. And um, 
from there it was like, all right, now I'm getting more college offers. And that was always the plan. I wanted to go to college. And obviously my dad going to North Carolina, that was where That's I wanted one. to go. Um, but they were, they were really guard heavy at the time. So um, North Carolina, I really wanted to go. I was pushing, I was pushing. My dad uh, the whole time would send tapes, um, tapes to them. And, you know, we were always in contact with assistant coaches, but they never seemed too interested. Um, and then I played on the 19s and I was a, um, a bottom age. So everyone was like a year older than me. Mm-hmm. And I got all star five again in that. And I, then I started showing up on draft boards, like the mock drafts that come out. And they had me top 10. And I was like, oh, like I was like, ah, I got to go to college a year, like do the the one and done, all that, because that you know it was real popular back there. Like, and everyone's like, no, you don't. Like, you're international. You can just go straight in. So I was like, at that point, um, I was I think starting my grade twelve, year twelve, and I was like, oh my god, like I don't have to go to college. I don't, school, <laughs> I don't need to worry about school. Uh, but so at that point, it was kind of all the focus turned to you know the draft. Um, I did a, I did a school visit though. I wanted to just kind of experience it, see if it was something I wanted. And which school I, was it? It was Indiana. Uh, ah. It was actually funny because it was Tom Crean. Okay. And it, it, you can have some good stories with him. Um, I was just a young kid that came in. I it was the worst trip. We kind of had to fit it in because I was in school at the, at the time. But I went there for I went to Bloomington, Indiana, for three days from Australia, and I was in film. I was watching film with Tom Crean. Falling asleep, falling asleep, and I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't yell at me, <laughs> so. But uh, I think he, I think he just wanted me to come to the school. But no, it was a great experience. But I think you know the ultimate goal was obviously to get to the NBA, um, and then getting uh, getting drafted. That was a, just a wild experience. Um, you know, I think just a, a kid from Australia that you know didn't play too much um, outside of that. Um, I mean, I was always. Um, the best around my peers, but, you know, going in that kind of situation, thrown into the NBA was, you know, a big thing. Um, but getting drafted to Utah, I think helped a lot. Um, you know, the coaching staff there, you know, helped me. I had Joe Ingles with me, um, who helped me. Um, and I think it was good going there. I was, I was kind of hidden. I was able to kind of work on my game. Um, and then, injury struck um i think that was just kind of the hardest thing being there it wasn't um that i don't think i was ready um i don't think i was ready my first year but i played full 82 mm-hmm. um but i worked super hard to make sure i was ready for the for the next year and i was i was ready um, place. yeah and then I, I went down with acl injury so i missed my whole second year and I think after that, it was just all about playing catch up, trying to. And I never really got into a groove. Or if I did get into a groove and started to play well, something else, some, something else would happen. Um, so I think that was the biggest issue. And then um, I think I got to a point where I was too much in and out of the rotation where I just need to play. Um, so, you know, I did request a trade from Utah and I got um, traded. Luckily, I got traded, you know, pretty quickly, like the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Cleveland. Now that's a whole different story. Uh, so I went to kind of like a super strict place. Everything was kind of organized. And then Cleveland at the time just, you know, it was other young. End, yeah, young very team. Young. You know, we had some vets around, but mm-hmm. other end of the spectrum where it was just, you know, very loose and um, definitely wasn't wasn't what I was used, used to. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed the experience. Um, 
I was starting to play well there too and then went down with another injury. Um, and that was actually kind of um, – that was a hard one because that was – I partially tore my Achilles and then I got traded to Houston during it. Um, but my contract was up so um, I didn't end up playing for Houston. Uh, but it was right before Olympics. And I'd missed a lot the previous two Olympics because of injuries. Mm. And I was like, I'm not missing this one. And I did it in January. And the the kind of timetable is like three, four months. Right. Um, but it was a big worry, like if I would be ready for the Olympics. Um, but I just kind of scrapped the NBA season. I probably could have played the last month of the season. Um, but I was like, no, nah. I just went full focus on Olympics. And uh, I know they were even worried about me being ready. Um, but I... I came back and I, you know, I like to think I was a pivotal part. Um, and we won bronze at the Olympics, which was, you know, huge. It was the first time we ever won an, an Olympic medal. Um, and then I re actually re-signed with Houston. Uh, but it was a non-guaranteed deal, um, kind of iffy. Who knows? A lot of stuff happened and um, I ended up getting waived. Um, so I think for about a month or two, I was kind of out of a job. I was just working out trying to find, um, and it was right before, no, it was um, after COVID, but COVID wasn't, it was kind of everyone was dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of waiting for an opportunity and I knew, um, well, I thought I belonged in the league. Um, and, that, and that's a question that I have because a lot of people that kind of drop out and, and looking for opportunities, they automatically go to the G League and, that, and that's yeah. like kind of like what they're, just kind of hang around. Yeah. You chose to go a different route, probably unpopular route, Talk about what what went to to that decision. Yeah, of going over I think, overseas. Yeah, I think nothing on the G League, but I think um, the G League's a. I mean, we have a lot of players that come up. Mm -hmm. You've been around players yeah. that come up from the G League and um, are just kind of in that system, and it's hard to 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 get out of that. And um, I wanted to go play meaningful basketball. I think that was the the main thing. Um, and I see you smiling because you you know what it means. And I don't, like I don't want to you know put anything bad on the G League or anything like that because, you know, but it's, you know, it's guys fighting for a job. Um, and then obviously I went over, I, I signed at Barcelona um, and uh, the EuroLeague, uh, it's, a, it's amazing over there. You know, the fans, they care, um, the players, it's all about winning. Atmosphere and, is great. Yeah, and I think that was the the thing that I wanted to, you know, re-spark and in my basketball career, just that love that, that want to win and not saying that, you know, in the NBA, you don't want to win because everyone wants to win. But, you know, I feel like we're too easy to scrap it under the table sometimes and um, move on to the next one. I mean, over there, I can tell you stories just about losing one game. You, you're, not, you're not expected to lose. And um, so it's just that it's that pressure on, you know, winning over there. Um, you know, I, I know, for me over there, obviously, I went over there and I was all about getting back to the NBA. I wanted to, if I had a bad game, it was like, damn, like, didn't matter, win or lose. And it was just that uh, that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, but I quickly got out of that and I just wanted to win. Um, I think I, I wanted to win EuroLeague. Um, and so I finished up with uh, Barcelona. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, shaky there. But I really, I really loved my time in Barcelona. And then I think I, you know, decided to kind of take a risk in a sense i went to uh partisan mm -hmm. in uh in serbia which you know the um 
the culture behind that team is unbelievable. Uh, second to none, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I loved every step of that. Um, being coached by, I mean, he's the most famous coach over there. He's more famous than the players. We'd walk through airports and they want photos with him instead of us. Um, but I think just to learn off him and then being being that environment of, you know, 20,000 fans chanting, cheering, make, just, just wanting us to play hard, play hard. And that was the the biggest thing win or lose as long as we play hard and gave um put our heart on the court for mm -hmm. for the jersey that we had on that's all that mattered um to them and you know i love that shane larkin on that team no we uh shane he plays in uh turkey okay yeah so we we would we would play we them play against him yeah. right okay yeah. good battle shout out to shane yeah Mavs draft he's hooping hooping uh so you go over there you start to regain this love what part of your game you felt like was most developed because I watched you as a as a fifth draft pick and, and some of the things that you were trying to work on, trying to catch up, speed up to to going through that European experience and then coming back here. I've noticed a big change in, in, in your game yeah. from a mentality standpoint, from a skill standpoint. So what part of, of Europe kind of spoke to you and what, what did you work on the most? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was just um, playing point and understanding the point guard role over there. Um and it's easy to say this and, you know, it's a big thing, but knowing when to run plays, who to run plays, where they like it, um, to catch the ball, coming off different screens, how to how to influence a game in certain ways. Because in Europe, the fourth quarter, the last five minutes is the most important time of the game. And just learning how to understand the game and control it from that aspect is huge. Um so I think that was one of the things, and it turned me into kind of a leader being over there. Obviously, having the NBA experience, um, you know, over here it's easy to be quiet having superstars on your team, and mm -hmm. they kind of run the show. So I think for me, you know, I was forced into a role where I had to talk. I had to, you know, help the younger guys, help, I mean, even guys my age that, you know, kind of just didn't know. So it kind of turned me into that role. Um, but I, I think just, I mean, even defensive schemes you know we spent more time um you know we only played one uh two Twice a week two right. two two or three times a week so yeah. i think even just like understanding okay what we're doing to this team and how next week we're doing this and how the defense changes and the offense changes like um you know our, i said our coach was you know most famous coach and his offenses are crazy but we went into different games with different offensive packages that would work against different teams so I think it was just more of a thinking game mm -hmm. over there. Very cool. So we're going to rewind a little bit. We talked about um, how much success you had as a young player. The Nike Hoop Summit is kind of what put you on the map, right? Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know, it's similar to how Dirk was found. Mm -hmm. Talk about being in that experience and, and how you went into that game with the mentality and, and what kind of happened after. Yeah, yeah, that was a... Uh... Yeah, because I'd played the under-19 uh, World Championship, so I kind of had my name on the radar, and then I got invited. And um, for, you know, people that don't know, it's like a week-long camp. Um, just, oh, not like a camp, like a practice. So you already have the team, um, which I had Carl Anthony Town. Mm -hmm. I had uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Um, those are like the main guys. Um and it's a week-long camp just of, you know, being in front of NBA scouts every day, every practice. They're seeing how you work. 
and then you go and you play a game at the end of end of the week and for me that was the most it was i was so nervous there because it was the first thing i'd done you know in front of nba people at all and i was a year below everyone um and yeah i was obviously nervous as hell but going into it i just I just knew I had to just show, obviously, what I can do. I, I wasn't a shooter at all, but I, I could get downhill um, and I could, you know, play a little bit of defense. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, so going into that game, I think, it, you know, it was hard. You know, came off the bench and, you know, just tried to have as much as an impact as I could. And, you know, I did I, I impressed. So. so kind of fast forward a little bit. You get drafted by Utah. Now I played two years in Utah. Was it as much of a culture shock to you when you got there as it was to me? yeah yeah uh, i mean i think uh yeah i'm i'm a really like low-key chill guy so um you know i had my uh family around and stuff like that and um i think the the best thing about utah is the f the fans love the players they, it's just you yeah right no other teams no it's just yeah the jazz they, yeah it's just the jazz they right. they will always say it's the only sports team there and i'll say what about real salt lake the soccer team and they're like nah we don't care about that <laughs> <laughs> so they they only really care about basketball and they and they love it and i i i loved it. and anyone that asks about utah i'm always like yeah like i mean they Great they love their players and anyone that's there now they can see um they care about the players um everyone it's i mean it's similar to here as well in dallas uh you know, people are there for any anyone that's working there is there for twenty years. You know, and um, I like that kind of family environment. Um, and then obviously the people in Utah, are super nice, yes. um, just nice people that just you know want to do what's best for you. Like just for sure. yeah, looking out for you. Did you feel any pressure, um, like the point guards before you, obviously? Shadow of John Stockton and Darren Williams. I think they drafted Trey Burke mm -hmm. either before or after. Do you, a, a team in a system that's known for great point guard play. You know, you did draft this 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 kid at number five, very young, yeah. high expectations. Yeah, do that feel. Do you feel that? Yeah, uh, I th I mean, I I think for anyone that gets drafted at you know definitely first round first pick of you know that team you. You feel that pressure, um, and then definitely, obviously, going there, and you you see, you know, the hopes of you know, uh, John John Stockton and Carmelo, and you know, they're missing out on that championship, mm -hmm. and they want it so bad that you know, anytime they kind of get a high um, draft pick, there, you know, they see that hope in you, and um, but yeah, no, they've had a a, a bad run of point guys, <laughs> or not bad run, but bad luck of point guys, because I know. Um, there was a stat when I was there. It was like every year there was a different starting point guard for like six or seven years straight. Um, and I don't I even, think I might have been in that. Yeah, and I don't even think. <laughs> and I was the the point guard that got drafted fifth. And I don't think I started any of those four years. Like, <laughs> kind of rewinding back, your dad. You said he played on the at UNC, played on Michael Jordan's team. One out of question: Did he ever beat Michael Jordan one on one? I know they played a ton. Yeah, he would say he did. Okay. He would say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was his impact on, on you growing up as one, more so a dad, but I, I imagine he coached you, pushed you yeah. hard. W what was that like for you growing up? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, you know, I think growing up, I had my older brother. So um, it was always like, you know, you'd have uh, one year apart to play together, but he was two years older than me. So we kind of never played together. 
um, only when I was super young. Um, and that was when my dad coached both of us. And, um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was not, I wouldn't say super hard, but obviously, you know, he just wanted the, the best. And, uh, I always dreaded, um, you know, those, uh, after game <laughs> talks. Lectures. But, yeah. The lectures. I was like, I don't want to hear it today. I know I should have done this. I know yeah. I should have done that. But I mean, it's funny that you just don't even realize, understand it while you're in the moment. But now it's like I, I always used to talk to him after my games, definitely when I was in Europe. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I looked forward to that. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, the influence of, you know, playing basketball is always, you know, from him. Obviously, he played and, um, you know, every kid wants to, to be like their dad. Um, but I never felt like the pressure that this is what I had to do. Um, you know, he many times he gave me choices to play a different sport. And I, I always chose basketball. I always knew I was going to, you know, do this. So you have a, you have a twin sister. Paternal? Uh, Maternal? Paternal? Look alike? Not look alike? Uh, no, we don't look alike. Okay. She might it, look like me. Look okay. Like- <laughs> I got you. Is it true what they say? You know, if, if you would poke her where she is right now, w- would you feel it? And, and vice versa? No, we tried that. No, <laughs> no. But we always, we would always have funny things. Like she would, um, she would always, every time we FaceTime something, she'd be like, oh, like my knee hurts. And then I'd be like, well, my right knee hurts. So I feel like we always kind of had this opposite thing of getting like, you know, uh, little injuries. Um, but yeah. Um, funny feature. I think we had to dig deep into this, but you were featured uh, on 2K15 <laughs> as a my career non-playable character that talked trash, started fights. <laughs> complete opposite to me exactly so how, how did this come about yeah because uh, you said it's not your personality at all no i think uh obviously I, I played 2k growing up a lot like we loved it we would always um when i was at the aas um australian Institute of sport we would always have uh um tournaments and stuff so uh, as soon as i got in the league of course something 2k pops up i'm like yeah like i want to do it and it was go in do like the i think they call it like the mo- motion mm-hmm. capture yep. uh so i got to do all that and it was cool and then um I actually didn't even really understand kind of what I was doing at first, but it was a long day. I did all the motion capture. It was like four hours of that. And then I was in like the the booth, mm-hmm. like, you know, with the mic and reading all these lines and I was standing up and I was just, I was tired. So some of the lines that I saw that I said, I don't even remember saying them because I was so tired, but I think it was just, it was good. I I, I loved it. And I think just the reception that I got from people and, Every time they were like, hey, Dante, like, I love you, but I hate you in 2K. <laughs> like, and still to this day, people bring it up, like, uh, um, that 2K, so. Um, this one kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, favorite player growing up is who? Who's it say? Paul Pierce. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think. Not like, that I don't like Paul Pierce. I love no, Paul Pierce. No, so I'm, yeah, like I can clarify. My dad said I played like Paul Pierce mm-hmm. um, just when I was growing up. So I think that kind of was like, oh, so I did. Kind of mod your game after. Yeah, yeah. I was just, so there was the one player I watched. And I think uh, being from Australia, like it was kind of a bit weird and diff- uh, watching. I could only really watch highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, games were on. We only had, um, I think it was NBA Wednesday and NBA Saturday. So the only real game I could watch live was NBA uh um, sorry, no, it was NBA Friday, which was on our Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So it was only the real game I could watch. Um, but as I uh, kind of got a bit older, I moved away from him, and I was uh, I was a Derrick Rose fan. Okay, actually, yeah, I got it. So I have my favorite Paul Pierce moment 
what was your favorite highlight of, of all the highlights that you saw of Paul Pierce? Uh, my fight, my favorite yeah. was when we beat them in game seven for his final game. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, that was, yeah, it was unfortunate. No, I, I think, no, because we played him in uh, Utah versus mm-hmm. Clippers and it was his final game and it was a, a game seven. So I like, uh, do you remember, I think it was a the playoffs, they were played against the Pacers. Yeah. He's harping at uh, Al Harrington right before the shot. Yeah. And that's just one of my favorites. And I've worked with Paul in, in the summer, and obviously we know he never stops talking, but just yeah. the, the trash talk that would go along with the game. And not a lot of guys can do both. Yeah. No, and, no, it's tough. But I think right. you know, that's why 2K brought me on because I heard Paul Pierce was my favorite, so they thought I was a trash talker. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, your favorite movie? Uh, this goes back and forth, but I've always, like, like do I say this, but The Greatest Showman, it's a great movie. <laughs> It's a great movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I've, I just saw it more recently. Yeah. No, it's a great movie. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a musical guy, but I do like musicals. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Speaking of, of favorites, what, what's your favorite thing about Dallas? Um, I, I'll give you the one thing I hate about Dallas. Okay. I hate the potholes. Yes, they are massive. The potholes. They are massive. They are. Yes. Tearing up my car. Yes. That's the one thing I hate about Dallas. But um, love, I mean... No, I have an answer that, that you've answered on, on camera, so I can help you out here. Well, I said the Maniacs? Yes. Yeah, I do love the Maniacs. <laughs> I think, and then obviously being out right now, it's right. like every time I hear that Maniac song going, I'm always like, oh, what are they doing? <laughs> but What is the most Australian thing about you? The most Australian thing? Oh, I love Vegemite. I absolutely love Vegemite. Uh, I could... So those of us that aren't Australian, explain to what that is. So... Vegemite is like you you'd put it you can put it on like toast, mm-hmm. crackers, um but you need it with butter. Okay. Um it's very salty. Okay. Um I actually had some I had some last night. I guess it tasted though. They they sell it here? They have mm-hmm. it here? No, no. Uh, gotta, they, uh, my family rate. came in okay. from stress, okay. they bought it. But yeah, no, it's a very it's a very distinct taste. Um my mom absolutely hates it. She mm-hmm. if I use um butter I'd have to get a new knife. Okay. Because she won't, she won't she, even touch it. She, uh, if, yeah, if I use Vegemite on it, she, she won't even touch it. Okay. Australia, obviously, we got a lot of players in the league. When you came in, said, uh, I don't think it was his name, Joe Ingles. Ingles. Um, out of all the Australian guys, do you guys have like a group chat that you all kind of converse on? Yeah. 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 Uh, we have a, a group chat. It's, I mean, it's quiet, but I think, you know, a lot of it's, you know, we're going through so much during the season that, um, but, you know, big moments that anyone's going through, um, you know, everyone's reaching out. You know, I just had uh, my baby, so everyone reached out to me. Um, but I think that that's the, the thing about it. You know, we don't need to talk every day to be close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's, I think that's the most important thing. You know, we had Duop Reith, who's playing for Portland now, mm-hmm. that playing great, you know, just needed an opportunity and he got it. And, um, you know, hopefully he can, you know, continue to be an NBA player, which I think he deserves. You know, everyone got a, got around him for that. So, but, you know, we're a, a, a close group um, when we need when we need to be. So, And mentioning that, so how, how much pride goes into that when you see a new Australian coming to the league? Like, what, what does that do for you guys? Yeah, no, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good Australians um, coming up. You know, I think, you know, you have the Next Stop program. I think there's two guys um, over there. Um, that looking like they can, you know, push. Um, and we have a few guys in, in college as well. Um, but, 
you know, it's a hard thing to to break to get into that kind of boomer squad. Um, and definitely with the the depth of guards that we have. Um, but, you know, everyone's, I think it's a, it's a sense of pride, not only, you know, for us coming, them coming to the boomers program, but just for being Australian, you know, it's showing that you can make it from coming over there and, you know, sometimes you don't need to go to college. You don't need to do that. You can, you know, just play in Australia and be good there and, and come over and, and, and play. Okay. You seem like the most, you said, chill guy ever. I think I know the answer to this. I heard stories about Utah, but what was the most upset you've ever been on the basketball court? Most upset? Oh. Uh, I think I just get upset when people try to be aggressive and it, but it's aggressive to the point where they're going to hurt me and that's i don't like that i don't like that so i heard a story i think from one of the reporters out there you were hurt at the time rehabbing i think you were playing one-on-one oh no i didn't want to that's what came to my mind i didn't want to i didn't want to bring that up yeah and, that was, um yeah it was a you could only go like a certain speed he yeah. was going 150 miles an hour yeah i think in i mean you yeah I, it's weird. Like, you know, when you're coming back and, you know, guys aren't playing, um, I think back then, and not to put anything on our assistant coaches, but mm-hmm. they did a really bad job on trying to motivate players to play hard mm-hmm. and pit each other against each other, yeah. um, us. And I think that was, that was the only thing that made me mad about that situation is that I told him. I told him, I said, hey, like, I understand you're trying to play hard. Like, I literally, I said, I understand you're trying to play hard, um, but this is we're playing this so I can get back. So like, just chill. And I scored on him again. And then next time he took me out of the air. And I think that's at that point I was ready to unleash the hounds. I mean, man, I did, I did, I did. Um, but I think, in, and it's just the, the emotion of everything that I've, I've gone through. Um, at that point I'd, you know, gone through so many injuries and I'm just trying to get back and I'm not trying to get hurt from someone doing th- something stupid. I think, you know, the most frustrating injury I had was someone jumping on me during preseason and I um, separate my sh- shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I've had stupid stuff happen to me. And I think at that point I was just like, I told you, I'd warned you, I'd been nice and you didn't understand. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to change. A reporter said that? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I got my sources, yeah. but they're still big fans. I will say <laughs> that.